Hello, and thanks for listening in today. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Content Editor at Informer Markets, and I'd like to welcome you to our monthly Pharma Pack podcast, bringing you the latest insights into the world of pharma packaging and drug delivery. Healthcare provision is constantly evolving. Whereas in the past, decision-making on treatments for patients was very much the domain of physicians and doctors, patients now feel more empowered to be involved in the decision-making process. The healthcare industry is fully aware of this change and sees a constructive partnership and dialogue with patients as the best way of achieving better health outcomes. So in this podcast, we'll be discussing how the concept of patient engagement has developed over the years and what tools are becoming available for meaningful patient engagement in the drug and particularly medical devices development process. So first of all, I'd like to introduce our guest on the podcast, Nicholas Brook. Nicholas is founder and executive director of The Synergist, an incubator that brings key players together in people-public-private partnerships with the aim of solving significant societal problems through collective action. He was previously the CEO of an award-winning digital agency, providing digital strategy to global corporations across multiple sectors. And Nicholas is also the founder of Patient Focused Medicines Development, which we're going to find out a little bit more about later on. Nicholas, thanks for joining me here today and welcome to the podcast. My pleasure. Happy to be with you here today. So, Nicholas, the patient is just one of many crucial stakeholders within healthcare provision. Just to kickstart this discussion, could you articulate the value of patient engagement and the key trends you've observed? Yes, for a few years now, um, we can see that the patient engagement activity is going to a different level. And from my perspective, at least, there is a driving force in the drug development industry in the very broad term of the term. And what we are seeing is that in a more and more complex environment about drug development or device development, with more and more stakeholders and layers of stakeholders involved, Actually, the patient is key to be involved in order to make sure we keep connected to the core of what we are doing. And so we have seen that in practice, the patient community can really help all stakeholders perform better. We see there is a transition now. And uh, if you put on a timeline, all the activities linked to patient engagement are all the key milestone. Like we had in the last two years, the same amount of meaningful events compared to the last 27 years. Just to give you a couple of examples, it's a MHRA in the UK clearly writing in the new guidance about the expectation they have that patients should be involved. That's the FDA four guidances. One is published, definitely. The second one is in draft mode and the number three and four still to come. We also have HTAs like CADAT in Canada who are better at uh, involving patients and setting expectations in terms of the patient-based evidence that they need to make decision. And so what we see is that not only there is a shift in terms of culture where everybody starts to be convinced we should, but there is a question on the how, but there is also now the institutionalization of patient engagement in the sense that decision makers, regulators, HTA payers are starting to articulate what are the expectations on that front. That's for me the major trend that there is no way back. They are moving in that direction and there will be no way back. And now it's a question for all the actors in the system to understand how they will actually build on that trend and to make the most of it on their side. 
as you've said, is obviously a complex process, I imagine, getting all those actors to act in harmony. Nicholas, what, in your view, are the main challenges if patients are engaged in the development of medicines and uh, medical devices? So we can see that the shift is happening. And as we see the growing evidence or expectations, there is also more practice. And as we face more practice, there are more questions coming in terms of how should we generate that evidence? What makes a good evidence of patient engagement or patient input? What makes a less good evidence or what is a less good practice? And so actually these questions are, we can see the volume of question increasing, which can be seen both as a representation of the challenge we still have to go through to make it happen in a systematic way, but also a kind of strong signal that is happening and that we are addressing the practicalities of it, but there is no question about shall we do it, yes or no. I guess it comes as no surprise that many patients want to know about the medicines that they're taking or about to take. And we'll ask those questions of healthcare professionals about the administration of the drug and how it affects them. But why are patients now showing more interest in medical devices? What are their chief concerns in that area? It's not that they show there is no new expectation from patients. I think the patient community is growing fast, a lot because of the activities in drug development and capacity building, training, all aspects of capacity are growing on the patient community side. And as they progress, they actually realize they also have a key input to share uh, in terms of uh, all type of products development, uh, whether it's digital product or medical devices and so that's where they want their share of voice they want their seat at the table and they have the expectation and they come quite prepared uh, so it's it will be much faster to become a reality in medical products or devices more specifically than it was in pure drug development because of the the maturity of the patient community that's uh, moving quite fast the word patients are very broad term, actually. Um, is patient engagement just about having a constructive dialogue with existing patients who are currently undergoing treatment? Or is it also important to talk to those people who aren't yet sick and may become patients in the future? So the patients that will act frontline are very often patients that are representing the community with chronic diseases, for example, and we have less at this stage of the citizen, not yet of a patient, but at risk of a condition. I think the key I was mentioning, the evidence, what makes a good or less good evidence for patient insight, representation is a key issue. And so today I would say that the most active uh, communities are the ones that have a patient organization with patient experts, patient scientists, and patient advocates representing them. Very important to have this type of expertise to actually well represent the patient. But the whole point is to make sure that they come to the debate with a very good representation of the patient they represent. And the goal is to make sure that we talk about evidence and not of opinions of experts. And so as we talk about that, yes, I think today we engage with experts, we engage with advocates, but their role is to bring evidence from the patient community itself. And that's what a lot of the discussion are about these days. I see. And Nicholas, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're the uh, founder of the uh, Patient Focused Medicines Development, um, which I think was formed in October 2015, if I'm correct. What was the rationale for the uh, formation of this initiative? 
So basically, this is the outcome of a roundtable with 50% patient leaders from uh, Europe and the US and industry representative. And they were all starting a discussion initially around the conference and around the coffee, just to acknowledge the fact that, yes, all of them have very nice stories, case studies and anecdotes to tell every year. But between that situation and the reality of systemic patient engagement across their organization or across a stakeholder group or across life cycle of uh, medicine development, there was still a massive gap. And basically, this roundtable was discussing what should be addressed to move from anecdotic to systemic patient engagement. And basically, one of the key observations was to work on the fragmentation. Because to be able to have something systemic, we need to be able to have a good practice. That good practice needs to be replicable. That needs to be scalable as well. And so to make that happen, you need to look at what are all the practices today? How can we articulate what's the good from the not good practices? What are the best practices out there? How you turn that into how to module and then a training program so actually we can disseminate these good practices across the globe. And so that's why PFMD exists. That's what we have been doing. So first focusing on what we have called patient engagement quality guidance, seven criteria to support whatever activity with patients. And for the information in drug development only, we have listed over 150 activities that any stakeholder could do with patient organization. And then after that, so it was the seven criteria, whatever the activity, but then we have started to develop how to module for very specific activities with patients, like how to design a clinical trial protocol, how to work in early discovery. So this one is specific to drug development module. We also have one for play language summaries together with patients. So that's a, a few of the how to modules that we have out there. And we continue to work on them and we have started to do some more specific to, we have adapted the quality guidance to medtech and basically the idea is also to start going to specific how to modules in the next few months and years. Sounds interesting. I'd like to talk about the practicalities, Nicholas, of involving patients in medical device product development. Um, At what stage of the process should patients become involved? So it starts very early and so i had a very recent example about that we two of our members have piloted how to guidance in early discovery stages for drug development and basically this is a moment where indication of the new molecule is not decided yet and so working with patients organization on choosing an indication it might be working with patient organization to tell them we will not pursue with their condition. So you can imagine how sensitive it is. There is an investment which is going quite technical at that stage of the development. And yet it can be cancelled at some point or stopped simply. So it might be sensitive. So starting as early as possible is the best element because you are defining your target value. And with that, you work already with the patient and you start to feed the next step of the project or the development of the product. And so that's where the patient value is the highest. Now we have seen that even because of the reality of uh, research you have started later on, there is still value to be added by the patient. The full experience is the early, when patients start very early in the process. And finally, Nicholas, 
This is all very exciting and, and it's obviously going to have an effect on the future. What will the future look like in terms of the patient journey in the med tech industry? Should companies be planning for highly engaged patient populations who are ever hungry for information and have the resources to find it easily? So I think it's going their way in terms of med tech industry. I definitely think it's going their way. What I can uh, see is that today the med tech industry is focusing a lot on uh, patient preferences around risk benefits. FDA on the device side is actually already clear about the expectation in that sense, even more advanced than the drug development side of things. And they also will face more and more the patient organization that will come to the table and will be surprisingly equipped to have some detailed discussions. I think they're a little bit earlier on in terms of the culture shift. I think we can clearly observe the champions in organization that start to think like that, to bring their colleagues on board, but it's earlier in the process of culture shift. What we see is also the federations in, in Europe and in the US that are working on this topic. We can see as well initiatives like there is a patient experts academy, UPATI in Europe, and basically they are working on developing the patient capacity with a training dedicated for medical devices. So that's, we can see all the number of initiatives that are actually popping up here and there, but starting from a much more mature base. It was more or less the first time in drug development, now the same organization come and move, whether it's the public health authorities, whether it is civil society and patient organizations. So clearly I can see that the starting point will be ready to move much faster in terms of adopting patient engagement. And I think what I see in pharma companies with the regulators and with payers is that in this culture shift, we understand that patient engagement and involving patient is actually a tool to better perform in your own mission. And so when this shift is happening, that's where you can see the no-go-back process because the value is there, the value is perceived, that the only missing step is how to make it happen. And that's what we are working on step by step. Always forwards. Nicholas, thank you very much for your time today. It's been very enlightening. Thank you very much. Have a great day. That's it for this edition of the PharmaPack podcast. Please do join me for our next one. Thanks as always for listening, and we wish you a very pleasant day ahead. Music